Hello and welcome to the Oasis Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he'd become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down, I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He's gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I've cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who have lost. Okay, good morning everyone. Good morning everyone in the room. Uh, Good morning everyone online. Uh, Great to be together. Also, thank you hugely to Anna who is in the room uh, for reading so excellently to us. So thank you very much. Just if you're new around, we are in this series looking at uh, Meals with Jesus where we discover that in these moments which just feel very normal of Jesus having a meal or in this case Jesus announcing that he's going to come to someone's home to have a meal provides us an opportunity to see more of the wonder of who Jesus is and the wonder of how he wants to shape your life for mine. And that's what we're discovering week on, week out. And Today, before we get to kind of zoom in on this story of Zacchaeus and Jesus announcing, I'm coming to your home, uh, I thought it'd be just great just to kind of take a moment to pause and just to contemplate this story together. And how we're going to do that is I'm going to encourage you to talk to someone next to you or near you uh, and to do two things. One is, if you're in the room, uh, share the story. Literally, just tell the story that you've just been told in your own words. And then secondly, I want you to say, okay, what is it that impacted me from this story? That's it. Share the story. What is it that impacted you? Just so you know, there is no wrong answer. You're not going to get marked at the end of it. It isn't a kind of test of how's your memory. It isn't like something else. It's just as a way of us engaging with this. If you're online, you get to join in as well. Maybe you're in a room by yourself. In that sense, I would say, say the story out loud to yourself so that you feel like, actually, I'm part of this. I'm getting to understand this. Then I'd ask you to then jump on the chat and share the thing that has impacted you. So there we go. In the room, online, three minutes, go. Okay, okay, if I can bring you back towards me. 
At this point, I'm not going to get everyone to feed in what they've shared. We'll do that in weeks to come. Like, we'll get to learn together. But today, what I think it does is it suddenly causes all of us now to have engaged a bit more with this story. In just repeating it back, suddenly we remember things about it. Or maybe there's some things that we realize we emphasize more than other things. There's in that point where you suddenly think, oh, there's this thing that impacted me. And then we realize, oh, when I share that with someone else, there's a different thing that impacted them. And there's suddenly this way that we're engaging with this story and starting to see more of Jesus and more of ourselves than we were at the beginning. And it's with that in mind that we now come together for me to hopefully draw some strings together of things that we may have shared and others that probably uh, were better, the ones that you shared are better than the ones I'm about to share. But I want us to draw us together in order that we'd see something through this meal. Because I believe in this, what we find is a meal of seeing. And I want us to look at that. You see, this meal falls in a part where Luke, who's this great storyteller, is trying to get us to see something more of Jesus. And so he kind of immediately lays out the two main characters and we find Jesus on his way to uh, Jerusalem via Jericho. He's going to Jerusalem and facing uh, his cross and then the resurrection. So that's where he's going. And we find that there's Zacchaeus who's there, this other character. Zacchaeus, we find out, is a chief tax collector. Now, what that meant is that he was the one who was in charge of all the other tax collectors in the region. And that meant two things. Firstly, he was a very wealthy individual. Secondly, he was a very unpopular individual because he gained his wealth through taking money from his friends, his neighbors, his enemies, and those he didn't know. And they could continuously see his wealth being amounted as he took the money from them, gave some to Rome, but lots to himself. Now, in it, it's interesting that Luke tells this story at this moment of a wealthy man. Because actually, what we're going to do is we read the account of Luke And I've been naughty here, haven't I? Because I've not got you to read what's just happened. Uh, That was the advantage. I had a bit of more prep time for this. That Luke wants us to have a different story ringing in our ears as we hear this story about a very wealthy man. Because in the chapter that's just before, there's a story of a different wealthy individual, a wealthy man who comes up to Jesus and says, like, what do I need to do to get eternal life? And Jesus says, like, well, you know, love God and love people. And he says, yeah, I've done that. I've done that. What else? And so Jesus says, sell everything you own, give it to the poor. And it says at that point, the individual says, no, I, I can't have anything to do with that and walks off. And in that moment, Jesus says these things in Luke 18 verses 24 to 27. It then says, when Jesus saw this, he said, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this said, then who in the world can be saved? He replied, what is impossible for people is possible with God. What is impossible for people is possible with God. You see, suddenly we get this wealthy individual where everyone's questioning like, well, like, does that mean there's just some people it's impossible for God to draw near? 
And then literally, one chapter on, as Luke is sharing his account, we get to this story of a wealthy individual where we discover God draws near. See, before we even look at this story, we need to understand that God is the one who draws near to all. Maybe today you're coming and thinking, actually, no, it could be impossible for God to draw near to me because if he truly knew who I was, like I'm the kind of person that when it was talked about that blanket out for the kind of bring and buy sale, I can't remember, the car boot sale blanket, like I couldn't put anything on that because I don't want anyone to know my story. This story of Zacchaeus says, no, God draws near to everyone. Do not discount yourself. Maybe for others of us, we hear of names that have been mentioned in political power, and we think, like, surely God doesn't draw near to them? And this story speaks to us and says, no, no, God draws near to all. Because where things seem impossible to us, all is possible for God. And therefore, it's with that in mind that we get to zoom in to this story where we discover, as I said, this meal of seeing, where I want us to just quickly look, and it will be quick this morning, of how this meal of seeing is about seeing, is about centering, and then finally we're going to see it's about sharing. So firstly, in terms of seeing, in verse 5 we see that Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. See, the story starts with Zacchaeus hearing that Jesus has come to town, and Zacchaeus really wants to see Jesus. Now, I haven't got time to make fun of this, but I find it comical that Luke kind of adds in the little account, Zacchaeus was a small man or a tiny man. I think one is that's encouraging for anyone who feels small or tiny. Um, But I think there's something in there that this is great wealth, but yet there's this small guy here. Small guy who can't see Jesus and so climbs a tree to to try and see Jesus. Straining, taking all of his efforts, taking all of his initiative to try and see Jesus. Here's the amazing part. Jesus sees him. Isn't that amazing? Like Jesus sets his mind like flint, knowing what is to come, the cross, in order that through his death we could know life. Through his resurrection we could know and share in his inheritance and life. Yet even with that focus, as he makes his way through this town, he sees Zacchaeus. And in him seeing Zacchaeus, it isn't just that he sees him and says, I see you. You know, that can feel like a bit creepy, can't it? I don't know if you think that. If someone, you, like, you get a text of I see you. It's like, what? No, this isn't that. Like, Jesus says, I see you. And then what does he do? He says, I know you. Like, Jesus says, Zacchaeus. Like, he knows his name. He's just wandered into town, and he knows Zacchaeus' name. Jesus wants Zacchaeus to know he sees him, and he knows him. He knows everything about him. He knows the things that he feels ashamed of, those things that he doesn't want to put on the blanket that were spoken of. He knows the things that he feels proud of, the things that he's putting on the blanket. And Jesus says, "I, I know you. I know you, Zacchaeus. 
He doesn't just leave you there. He doesn't just see him. doesn't just know him. It then says that he longs for relationship with him. He then says to Zacchaeus, I want to come to your home. I don't want you just to know that I know you. I want you to know also that I want to be known. I want you to know my love for you, my acceptance of you, my desire to come and be at home with you, to eat with you. Zacchaeus is transformed, which we're going to get onto in a moment. But before we get there, like, we're meant to be invited then in these stories to see ourselves. See, do you hear it today, whether you're sat in your room by yourself or in your bed because you couldn't quite get up this morning or whether you're in the room and do you see it that Jesus sees you? Like Jesus sees me. Maybe we've come today with the equivalent of us climbing up our tree saying, I hope Jesus sees me. Or maybe we've come thinking, I hope Jesus doesn't see me. And Jesus says, no, I, I see you. Like, breathe that in for a moment. Jesus sees you. And isn't it just with Zacchaeus, it isn't just that Jesus sees you and I. It's also that Jesus knows you and I. That he knows what we've come this morning with, like what's in our hands, what's in our mind, what's in our heart. The things that we're excited about, the things that we're perplexed by, the things that we're concerned with. Jesus knows it all. It isn't just there, it ends. Just like with Zacchaeus, it's that Jesus longs to have a relationship with you, longs to have a relationship with me, that he sees us, he knows us, and he's longing for relationship. He's longing to cause us to know that we can know him, that we can know his love, his kindness and his goodness towards us. You see, there's this statement that Jesus makes in John 14 that goes way beyond this invitation to Zacchaeus. See, for Zacchaeus it was, can I come to your home? In John 14, verse 23, Jesus says this, all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. Wow. Like, do you get that? Like, Jesus sees us. Jesus knows us and that he longs to have a relationship with us. So much so that he says, and then I'm going to come and camp out in you and we are going to make our home in you the loving community of Father, Son, and Spirit, longing to birth his home in you and in me. This is a story about being seen. But that seeing isn't where it ends. You see, for Zacchaeus, that is just something that just blows his mind. For the onlookers, it's something that offends them. Like, why would Jesus go to his home? Who doesn't linger on that? Like he lingers on Zacchaeus. Like he says, Zacchaeus, like, here's Jesus' invitation, and he is filled with joy and excitement. I kind of understand that. Then you, when you camp out in the story as we are doing, like you begin to see, oh, Jesus, you see me. Jesus, you want to, you know me. Jesus, you want to have a relationship with me. You want to make your home in me. That's good news. 
as I begin to see and savor that, it causes me to know joy and excitement. But you see, that joy and excitement lead somewhere. It leads somewhere for Zacchaeus. It's going to lead somewhere for us. See, it leads to a place of centering. Now, at this point, you're going to go, it doesn't say that. You're just putting oasis language on something. Yes, I am, but there's a reason for that. Zacchaeus stood before the Lord, that's Jesus, and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I've cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. See, for for Zacchaeus being seen, being known, and knowing relationship causes him to know deep joy and excitement and transforms him at the very core of his life and all that he is centered on. So much so that this guy who's introduced to us at the beginning as the chief tax collector, the wealthy man, says actually wealth is no longer at the center of who I am. My accumulation of stuff isn't there. Jesus is. And because Jesus is there at the center of my life, all the other stuff orbits him. Therefore, it can go. Because I've discovered something of way more worth. One who sees me, knows me, is longing for a relationship with me. And the same is true for us. See, that as we begin to discover that Jesus is one who sees and knows and is longing for relationship, making a home within us, it causes us then to say, actually, Jesus, we want you to be at the center of our lives. See, I often think of it like this, that our life, if you like, I love the image of the blanket. As Beth was sharing, I was thinking, man, like God really is plugging this thing together today because this is exactly what I'm talking about, that we can see our life like a blanket. I tend to see it like a circle. In the circle is everything that makes up our life. And at the very center are the things that everything else orbits around. And when we discover Jesus, what it is, is saying, actually, at the very center, I want you to be there, Jesus. Because I realize in what I've discovered of you, it makes sense of everything else. But the truth is, sometimes other stuff fights for being back at the center. Maybe that's not true for you. I I know for me, I've been a follower of Jesus since I was 14, and I'm a lot older than that now. And I found that daily, I have to come back to that circle and say, what is at the center? Because I can find other things compete to be at the center. Like for me at the moment, sometimes it's like a fear of finances. Like you only have to turn on the news and like, it's like prophets of doom speak. And I'm like, man, I already struggle with this. And it's like trusting God. And then it's like, oh, there's this. Oh, you think your bills are bad now? Wait till the end of the year. And I'm like, and so that fear of finances can start to get in the center. Sometimes it's like, I like doing stuff. Like I'm someone who just likes doing stuff. If I'm not careful, I can find that my want to do stuff becomes the thing at the center. And so everything else then orbits that. And what I'm invited to is that I, knowing that Jesus sees me, wants to know me, is calling me to a relationship, is to then daily come saying, Jesus, I don't want that stuff at the center. I want you at the center. Like I have to do that daily. Remember that Jesus sees me. Remember that I need him to be at the center. 
And that sometimes, if I'm honest, that doesn't just become a once a day thing. It's like momentary. It's like throughout the day, I'm just like, yeah, Jesus, I, I need to put you back at the center. Because the reality is, why I want him at the center is because he's drawn me into the center, just as he did Zacchaeus. So we can see it and say, oh yeah, Zacchaeus kind of knows this wonder of Jesus seeing him. And then he says, oh Jesus, I want you at the center. Then Jesus kind of ends the whole story saying, no, what's happened here is Zacchaeus has been drawn in to the family of God. He says, oh, this is like a true son of Abraham. This is one who's part now of God's family, Father, Son, and Spirit, drawn into the very center. And that's true for you and me, that if we center our lives on Jesus, if we receive the fact that he sees us, knows us, longs for a relationship with us, we say, Jesus, therefore I want everything. He says, well, I'm drawing you into then the center of the family of God, that you get to know this loving community that's always existed. So it's actually, we respond into the fact that we have been drawn into the center of God's family to then say, I want Jesus, you at the center. Is he though? I can't answer that for you. Only you can. Is he at the center? But it doesn't end there. Because if you like, that then becomes just an inward transformation of an individual. And I think sometimes we stop there as followers of Jesus. We think, oh, yeah, yeah, Jesus knows me. And now I get to know that transformation, and it's about me. That's never the way. Always leads to sharing. Like for Zacchaeus, it transformed how he seed others, not only how he saw himself. So much so that the thing that had been at the center of his wealth is now something he wants to share with others. Rather than looking to gain from them, he wants to give. And so we find that he seeks to put right the things that he'd done wrong. We find that he then seeks to share his wealth with those who are in need. Because for him, the reality of how he's been transformed by Jesus is now something that is to characterize how he lives, but also wants others to share in his joy and excitement that they too can know this Jesus seeing them, knowing them, and longing for a relationship with them. See, this isn't like a burden for us. Isn't that we then hear, oh man, I've got to do this? No, this is an overflow. This is an overflow of as we're seen, as we center, as we realize we've been drawn into the center, it becomes this overflow then of how we live, that we can't help but share what we know with others through our words and our actions. I had the privilege this last week of just hanging out with a friend of mine who is on a journey of just discovering more and more the wonder of who Jesus is. And we're talking about like, what does it mean then to be a follower of Jesus? And I said, I think where I've come to now is basically I'm just like a glorified signpost where I get to show others through how I live and what I say, like, hey, I'm just like you. And I found the wonder that actually there is one who knows me, loves me, and accepts me, and that transforms me. 
And then all I get to do is say, hey, this isn't about me. I then get to be assigned to who Jesus is. And just say, hey, what you've, I'm speaking and sharing and showing is all in order that you can see and know for yourself that Jesus sees you. And that doesn't feel a burden, to be honest. It feels pretty light. I just have to be who I am. Knowing there isn't a pressure. I just literally get to know I'm a sign now. A sign of one who is seen, who is known, and who now knows relationship. And the same is true for many of us in this room. And maybe today it could be true for you. Maybe you've never discovered the wonder of who Jesus is and you suddenly think, does he see me? And he does. He sees you. And speaks to you and says, I know you. I want to make home in you. We receive him. So we finish with a meal of seeing. I'll leave us with three questions. Do you know Jesus sees you? Like for many of us, we'd say, yeah, we, we knew that moment of Jesus seeing us. Have we lost sight of that? Jesus sees you today as you are. Secondly, what do you need to do to put Jesus at the center? Like are you living with that rhythm of just saying, Jesus, I want to keep taking whatever else is fighting to be at the center to just keep remembering you are at the center because that's where my life makes sense. I think about it. I sometimes just literally physically draw a circle, write everything around the circle and say, like, what is it at the center? Oh, oh, it isn't you, Jesus. Sorry. Let's put you back where you belong. And then lastly, who will you share the joy and excitement of being seen with? You just told a story to a stranger sometimes. Some of us, we knew the person we were sharing with at the beginning. What about the people you know? Your neighbor, someone you're going to bump into at the shop, someone like you work with, someone you are at college or school with. Like, what about like them? Maybe this week we get the excitement of telling this story, that they're seen, they're known, and Jesus longs for a relationship with them. Can I pray for us, then we're going to end. Jesus, I thank you that you are one who is with us. I thank you, Jesus, that you're one who sees us and knows us and longs to build home within us. And I just pray for each of us, where we're those who are discovering that truth for the first time, would you come and would you draw us closer? I pray would you cause us to know that this moment was a moment you designed in order that you could draw closer to us. I pray for many of us who would know that we are those who, know, who knew and know what it is to be seen, but we want to live more characterized with you at the center. And I pray, God, as we live that way, I pray would we live seeking to just share the wonder of all that you are, not as a pressure, but just as a signpost of just the reality of what we're living with that we're able to say, actually, within this, I know Jesus and him at the center, and that transforms everything. Come and discover that for yourself as well. Ask this for your glory, Jesus. Amen. Amen.